podcast was good. Thank you all so much for listening. I have some very, very good news. I now have a hub for every piece of content I release. You will not want to miss out on this. So go to YouTube right now, search Hampton Hoops, and subscribe to never miss a beat. Now let's get into today's show. Let's get it. What up? What up, Coop? How you doing, my guy? As always, man, surviving and thawing. How are you? I'm good, man. I love to hear that. We have so much to get into today. Tracy McGrady said there, you know, Memphis is in desperate need of a veteran. Anthony Edwards came out and said that they handed us the series in the first round and they should have won that series. And also we get into whether or not we're going to extend Brandon Clark or not. So there's so much to talk about today, but we're going to start off with something that we need to discuss very badly. And it, it was really fun to look at these numbers and the roster as a whole and kind of digest everything that's going on with our Memphis Grizzlies. So what we're going to talk about first is our salary cap situation. Uh, Coop and I have looked over this extensively and we're just going to give some points that really stood out to us. So Cooper, I'm going to let you kick this thing off. Uh, looking at our salary cap, what really stood out to you, bro? Mostly, all right, so I'm just going to start from this year and then kind of we can kind of trickle it down. But from this year, mostly the thing that stood out to me was you got too many players, like, solidified in. So, I mean, it could be like a cut and Killian Tilly's 1.8 or whatever, um, something minuscule like that. But at the end of the day, we have too many players currently. So that was obviously – and we knew that. We've talked about that extensively. But, like, for for me to see that and, like, see the numbers, that was kind of a big deal. And then, like, I think the biggest thing that stood out to me and, like, it's just something that Grizz fans and Grizz reporters really aren't talking about is Danny Green sitting there, like, at the top five of our salary, salary cap chart. Um, and, like, that's not a knock on Danny Green. It's just a what are we doing with Danny Green? Because mm-hmm. um, there's not really been, like, a – He's definitely staying on this team. They wanted the vet. Um, we're going to get into Tracy McGrady saying how they need vets. Um, and, like, we obviously do need a vet. But, like, he was sitting next to Taylor Jing in courtside at summer league. So, it's like, is he going to be on the team? Is he not? Because, like, $10 million just sitting there is that's – a, that's a pretty hefty, like – I mean, that's a full mid-level exception. So, like, he's one of the players that stood out to me mostly because, like, I haven't heard whether or not we're going to use him. We're not going to be able to use him until at least January because mm-hmm. he just tore his ACL and MCL, if I remember correctly. And so, like, and he's older. So, like, it's one of those things where I'm like, is he just going to be a Udon's collecting money sitting on our end of the bench just to be a vet voice? Or is he going to be a part of this team? Because, like, yes, you and I have talked numerous times about, the like, the need for wings who can shoot and play defense. Uh, you got to space or you got to give job a bunch of people who space the floor to allow him to do what he does. So like Danny Green's clearly one of the best to do it. He's won championship after championship, which is huge. But like seeing $10 million to somebody that might just be kind of chilling. And then all obviously Jaron's at the top of our salary cap right now going in next season. And he's going to be sitting for an extensive time. Then Steven Adams is next. It's just, the top the top of the salary cap to me was kind of the most wild thing because, like, the guys that contribute the most aren't one, two, or three. They're, like, down the list. And Bain obviously making one – I think it was 1.4 is what I read, mm-hmm. which is for a guy that, I mean, I'm thinking he's going to be an all-star in a few years. But, like, 
those are just a few things, like just specifically from the first year that I kind of took away. But what were you thinking? Dude, I'm so glad. This is why I like purposely like didn't tell you like my thoughts because I knew we'd look at different things, which is absolutely perfect for this show. I love how you mentioned that uh, Tilly thing. Uh, I, I would definitely be fine with just, you know, wiping our hands with that. The guy can't stay healthy. He hasn't really shown me much. Um, but what I noticed going into next year, I get that Jaws contract does not um, kick in until, you know, uh, the following season, you know, season after next. And just seeing that our backup point guard, Tyus Jones, is on the books for more money than John Morant's a little jarring just to see. It's kind of comedic to me. Um, another thing that stood out was Dylan Brooks. We extended him two years ago. I remember that January where he was on fire, and then we extended him. He had a couple months that were pretty subpar, but, I mean, he's obviously outperformed $11.4 million for next year. I think that's fantastic. Um, a guy you just mentioned, Desmond Bain. I, I literally had to count the amount of players that were above him on this list. Desmond Bain is 12th on our payroll right now. I knew that we had a bargain on him, but, my God, 12th. David Roddy and Jake LaRavia – are making more money than Desmond Bain next year. That's incredible. Desmond Bain, I mean, we're talking about him maybe blossoming into an all-star. And Jake LaRavia and David Roddy, two players who haven't even played a minute in this league are on the books for more money. That's absolutely amazing. Um, Steven Adams, like you said, expiration. This is his final year. And, yeah, those are the main things that stood out to me. We talked about SA last pod, so I won't touch on that too much. But Desmond Bain and Ja, that's – that's two comedic things that I like. Thanks. And I love how you mentioned like a uh, uh, Dylan outperforming his contract. Cause at the time we got Dylan on a really good deal. And looking back at the Jaron contract, I know I kind of touched on it last week. We had Jaron in an absolute steal. The mm-hmm. second best player on our team makes like uh, uh, the Warriors, for instance, he'd be like the fifth, sixth highest paid player on the Warriors, which that's just kind of like it's crazy to think that a guy whose ceiling is still like not even touched is making a really like it's a steal of a contract and like I I may be honest I love the fact that we got Jaron there and just the fact that you mentioned outperforming of contracts I feel like that's what this team does time after time like John Contra is the that was another thing I noticed like when you scroll all the way down to like the last two guys on the contract or like that'll be on the roster through 2028, I think it was the year, if I remember correctly. It's John Conchar and John Morant. So, like, John Conchar is a part of this future in the eyes of the Grizzlies. And Jitty for mil, the city. Dude, six mil for Jitty is – Yes. That's, that's gold to me. Like, because he's he's always going to hustle. He's a hustler. He's a, he's a prototypical role player. He knows his role. He, he's going to outperform his role because that's he, he's like, I'm going to do whatever I can to help this team win. I know I'm not John Morant. I don't have to be John Morant. I got to be John Conchar. And he's going to do it for $6 million? Hell yeah. <laughs> Give me that. Exactly, man. Like, I absolutely – I love – like, I mean, you were texting back and forth today, and I don't even know – I asked the dumbest question. You were at work, and you would ask me, he's like, hey, can you send me the Jitty video? In my head, I'm like, is he talking about, like, a like a video I made or something, like, for uh, YouTube or something? And you go – I said, what video? And you were like – the one where he like hit the game-winning shot in the 15 rebound game against the Minnesota Timberwolves. I'm like, oh my dumbass. Yeah, we were there 10 rows up and we were going absolutely Thanks. insane. And for some reason, like I didn't video anything the entire game, <laughs> but for some reason mm-hmm. I filmed that possession, thankfully. 
and we have yeah. that forever. So yeah, Jitty is having him on the books through 28 is absolutely incredible. Um, let's move into a conversation. You know, you really feel like the honeymoon's over when you start to have all these extension talks with SA last week. Now we're moving into Brandon Clark. DB could be a conversation as well. Um, Coop, my question to you is simple, but it's loaded. Should the Grizzlies extend Brandon Clark? Dude, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm losing sleep over this Brandon Clark deal because, like, it's one thing that I love Brandon mm-hmm. and, like, he's been so good for this team. But, like, I feel like if we haven't extended him already, I feel like the writing's kind of on the wall. And to me, his value is more to not extend him and trade him to a team that's wanting to extend him. Um, and that's kind of the vibes I'm getting just from, like, the fact that we haven't extended him and whatnot. But, like, I love Brandon. But at the end of the day, we talk – Oh, I mean, we've hit this point over and over again. With John ja Morant, you need guys who can make a three. It doesn't have to be 50%. It just needs to be consistent. And with Brandon, it's not relevant because Brandon can't do it. And he's too small to be a center. I mean, he does it, and he does it well when he's playing with Jaron, who could be out on the front. But, like, with him, I just don't know if his full career is going to be with a Grizzly. And that pains me to say, but, like, I don't think you extend him. I think you use his value as a young piece that's making not very much for a contending team. Um, And you get – Maybe a veteran back. Who knows? I don't know. But, like, I just think his value is higher with him not extended than it would be if we extended him and tried to move him on to another team. That it, literally, like, down to the word is exactly how I felt for the longest with Brandon Clark. I did not see him as a part of our future whenever these whispers and uh, grumbles started to come up about his extension. But uh, the more I've read into this situation, the more it's changed my mind which is incredible because I've been the poster boy of saying exactly what you said. We need shooting around uh, number one, two, which is very true. We do need shooting around John Morant. But then I did a deep dive into this and the guys over at Grizzly Bear Blues, they did a fantastic article on this exact conversation and their statistics were absolutely incredible. The three-man lineup of John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Brandon Clark outscored their opponents by 19 points per 100 possessions. And in the postseason, it even rose to 20 points per 100 possessions, which is absolutely insane. Uh, as we all know, BC in the pick and, pick and roll is lethal just because of how, you know, what a lob threat he is. And the crazy thing about that, he's not the best screen setter. I mean, and we, we've all seen Brandon Clark set screens. He's not the best at that. But his slips, his ghost screens are incredible. And for the future, I actually do like the fit next to Jaron Jackson. I don't like it next to Steven Adams, but I do like it next to Tripp. And that's because I, I liked that before I even looked at the numbers. And when you look at the numbers with BC and Jaron on the floor together, they only give up 104 points per 100. That's in the top 96%. They both can switch, take on perimeter assignments. We know how flexible BC is. He can even play the five for you in spot minutes as well. But Zach Kleiman has spoken on this, even though it's indirectly, he has spoken a little bit on this um, in the rookie press conference because he was talking about Jake LaRavia shooting around helping Brandon Clark as a roller to the rim. 
And me hearing that from Zach, it, it, I'm not thinking that he's only talking about a one-year thing for that. I think he's talking about into the future because everything he says is for a reason. He's just that calculated of a guy. I think a trade would have happened by now, and I would not be surprised if whenever we get to the extension deadline that it, you know shit hits a fan, I think we will extend Brandon Clark. No, I mean, dude, you're – you're spouting out the numbers that, I mean, we see. I mean, it's not necessarily exactly. all, how much we know, but, like, with Jaron and Brandon together, it's really lethal. The only thing that scares me is the fact that there's not going to be a Jaron for the first little bit. And, like, exactly. we did have that se- We did have that second-year season where mm-hmm. we did obviously didn't have Jaron all year, and Brandon played the worst basketball I've ever seen him play. Um, it was not oh. efficient. It, it was just bad. Like, he was he was unplayable. Um, and that's what scared that's that's probably why it scares me more to extend him and keep him in this core if he can't play without Jerry mm-hmm. um, or Tyus even because like I remember like the stats with him and Tyus together was insane because like you just said he's he's not a great picker that's saying the big but yeah, exactly as far as rolling and split uh, slip screens and all that stuff and like off ball screens and running to the basket he's incredible. Uh, his IQ is off the charts, off the charts, which most Gonzaga basketball players, that's usually what happens. Yeah. Um, and so, like, as far as that goes, like, yes, I love Brandon, but what scares me is what happens in the two years where Tyus' contract's over. Or uh, was it two or three years where we stayed? Uh, I'm pretty Tyus. sure it's two. I think it's through 2024. Okay. That's what I thought. Um, mm-hmm. What happens when those two years, or what happens if Jaron's hurt? Like, you know what I mean? It's just mm-hmm. – I love Brandon so much. So like, either way, I'm not upset. Like, if, exactly. if we trade him, the Grizzlies have done a good job about putting our players, if we get rid of them, into a better situation. Um, Mark literally won a championship after we got rid of him. Conley was close. They just, when your best two players hate each other, it doesn't help. But like, then you and Jay Crowder, even I'm forgetting an obvious one. He went to a championship as soon as we traded him. So like they do the best for their guys. And so like whatever they do is going to be the best for Brandon Clark. And I think him playing in Bill street blue is what I'd love to see. But if it doesn't happen, I don't think I'll really be upset, but like, I'm the same way. Yeah. I'm not going to be upset either way, just because, I mean, I'm fine. I'm fine either way, but yeah, I love how you made those two points, man. That was incredible because, you know, the lineups I listed, both had Jaron Jackson in them. And if he's not playing, BC will not be playing well. And that's just, I mean, it's not, it's not speculation. It's not us just eyeballing it. It's a fact. We saw the second season. That's what happened. And it all depends on Jaron. Do you really want to depend on Tripp's health, you know, after his first few years in this league? So it is, it is a gamble for sure. I'm not going to be upset if we trade him, but I, right now I'm leaning towards extending him just with the uh, the cases fair. I've seen, to be honest. Fair enough, fair enough. And, I'll, and I didn't even hit on – you mentioned, like, if a trade was going to – it's inevitable, it would have already happened. And I love that because we were, we've been talking for the past month about all these trades that are going to happen. And then all of a sudden, Rudy Gobert's trade is literally just, like, put a halt on all of that crap because exactly. it's, it was just such an overpay. And so you can't get rid of guys like Katie and Donovan Mitchell who are significantly better basketball players. Exactly. And, like, any of the small trades trying to go through are just, like, 
people are like, no, 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 hold on, oh man, we got to make that a part of this one. And it's just trades right now in the NBA are just damn near impossible. It feels like, dude, they're they're so insane right now, man. And that Rigo Bear, I'm forever indebted to Danny Ainge. He's literally like he even halted his own trade with Donovan Mitchell. Like, I'm sure, like, we'll touch on this in, like, in the national stuff, but, like, yeah, like he even, like, stopped that. That's the reason he hasn't traded Donovan Mitchell because he knows he has to get more for him. Like, like <laughs> yeah, it, he has to get more for the better player. Exactly, on his team because he knows that. And um, I think that's why Miami yeah. can't trade for him, but that's that's a story for another day. Uh, let's get into uh, this, this T-Mac stuff. Yeah, so for those of y'all that haven't heard T-Mac say, I don't even remember who he was with. Um, I wanna, he was I on some type of podcast. I don't, I don't even yeah. know. Yeah, he, he was on a podcast, but basically, I'll paraphrase, he basically just said, shit's wild and down there, and he was referring to Memphis. He was saying, them young guns, you know, bet. Mm-hmm. First first thought that popped into my head was like, all right, T-Mac, you only, you're only like 45. Come lace them up. <laughs> I've seen what Jamal Crawford been doing out there in the pro ams. I know you can hoop. We don't need you to play thirty minutes. Just come play hey, five got a little pudge on right. <laughs> I bet that boy can still hoop. But <laughs> anywho, but uh, Jack, give me the vet that the Memphis Grizzlies are missing. Dude, uh, this name sounds so very familiar, and he has been a very, very hot topic in the past two days. Boss man nine nine Jay Crowder come back. He tweeted yesterday a cryptic tweet talking about the Phoenix Suns, and in that tweet he said it's time for a change. He wants to be traded. We have the assets to trade for him. I think if you bring Jay Crowder back to that locker room, the first thing I thought of was him shooting that three up in Madison Square Garden when we're up by a double digits 30? on the Knicks, and. I, I go to Instagram that night after the fight happens with one of the Morris twins coming over and pushing them. And it's, it's Jay Crowder and Jaw's rookie year protecting jaw behind him, And just has his like, feel free to look this up. It's still on Jay Crowder's Instagram. Yeah, it still he has is. his arm just out. He goes 12 out front with it. And it was, <laughs> like, I just love, he was such a good vet for the young guys. Cause that was, I'm pretty sure that was Brandon's rookie year as well. Jaron was still young. I have very good memories of Jay Crowder. He could give us – he's not the, you know, most efficient shooter, but just the dog mentality, he fits right in, and I would welcome him with open arms for sure. Dude, I love that pick. And, dude, <laughs> I like one of the first things that popped into my head thinking about Jay Crowder was I think the first one of the season we were playing the Nets. And uh, it Joss went to overtime because, win. yeah, it went to overtime because Josh swatted uh, Kyrie shot, and then he was mad at himself because there were seconds left on the clock, and he was uh, uh, flexing on him instead of grabbing the ball, and he was like, "I could have made it from half court." <laughs> but I remember the play. Uh, Josh comes down and gets two people on him, and he throws it right back, and Jay Crowder pops in, and we win. Um, that's one of my favorite Jay Crowder memories, and I love how you said Jay Crowder because, like. If people don't know who Jay Crowder is, you should because every time he goes somewhere, he's a winning player. Mm-hmm. Um, he affects, like, maybe not in the same facet that Chris Paul affected, like, OKC's locker room and, like, took that bum team to the playoffs and, like, how he affected. I mean, Devin Booker was – people forget, Devin Booker didn't win. He was mm-hmm. putting up literally, like, 30 points on 20 wins a season. 
and then Chris Paul comes in there, sixty win seat, uh, sixty win teams. So like um, that's the similar mentality that Jay Crowder brings because like the way a rebuild goes is you have to build a foundation which involves building a culture, mm-hmm. and Jay Crowder is has a lot to do with what culture was built in Memphis and what culture is still there today. Um, him and Dylan Brooks and Solomon Hill, uh, Gorgie Jang, but some of those guys they were they were older guys, but they instilled into this young guys, this young core that we have now, the mentality that they have now. Mm -hmm. And so like, I would love nothing more than to see Jay Crowder. And I actually got him uh, and another question coming for you in a second. But uh, I would, I had to think big bet for my guy. Um, And it's kind of a guy that I think people just kind of forget about, but he's a champion. Um, I don't know how vocal he'd be in the locker room, but he's on a team that signed another center and they said this is going to be our guy, or they extended the center. Mm-hmm. Um, they also re-signed another center power forward that can stretch the floor. But I'm thinking Splash Mountain, a Brook Lopez um, or Serge Ibaka, because they have both of them. And, I mean, I don't need y'all to play 30 minutes a game. I just need y'all to come be a vet, be in the locker room, and help some young guns out. But I was also trying to think of, like, man, we need a, we need a big stretch the floor, please. The wall Jaren's out, please, somebody come in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but another guy, just just since I'm, I want to be loyal to the soil for the Grizz, um, mm-hmm. I know he just signed with the Warriors, which is, like, betrayal of the finest. But <laughs> I love Jermichael Green. Um, yes. And I think Jermichael Green is a perfect <laughs> Grizzly. Like, I mean <laughs> – Bro, bro, sorry. Like, I just think of like, like going to games as a kid, bro. Just like on a complete side note, Jamichael Green sweats more than any player I've ever seen in my entire uh, life, bro. Yes, dude. Yeah, he he like Paolo, Paolo the new Jamichael because yeah, they gotta sure. make like a Gatorade specific for Paolo so he don't like die of <laughs> losing yeah. too much sweat on the games. Yeah. But I thought of Jamichael just because I was like, man, I know he can play how he plays. Mm-hmm. He fits with the Grizz. Um, Obviously, he he decided to go ring chasing and go to the Warriors, but nah, I I wanted a big, but it, dude, I love Jay Crowder so much. So if they traded for Jay Crowder tomorrow, I'd I'd be ecstatic. Bro, speaking of bigs, like I actually like the Brook Lopez thing, um, because stretching the floor, like I'm mean, with Giannis, that's the ultimate guy you have to put shooters around, and Jaws turning into that. And if yeah. you can stretch the floor for Giannis and win a championship there, I have no problem with you. Uh, coming yeah. coming to the Grizz. Yeah, I, I really Sorry. like that. Even I love how you mentioned Solo, too. Just like what a great, good group of guys we had in the, uh, their rookie year. Um, I would even – I heard Ja, like, talking about Anthony Tolliver the other day, and I had to jog my memory. I'm like, God, I don't even remember how long Tolliver was on the Bro. And there he was talking <laughs> about some conversation he had his rookie year and what he learned. I'm like, dude, what? And yeah, it makes bubble me like Anthony Tim Frater, like <laughs> – yeah. Yeah, yeah just... dude. Uh, Anthony Tolliver started for Jaron after Jaron tore his, uh, whatever he tore. Yeah. Uh, in the bubble, Anthony Tolliver started those last like six games, dude. I haven't thought of Anthony Tolliver in forever. Thanks, <laughs> dude. Yeah, I, I, I hadn't either, man. It was crazy that Jao is still talking about him, man. I, I absolutely yeah. loved it. Um, but just one more side note. I know, like, I, I didn't have like any of this in the prep or anything, but I'd watch Jaw's new uh, docu series today. And he was uh, shot by Nye, his personal like cameraman had like highlighted the guy who edited all the videos. He had highlighted from the Bleacher Reports interview, which I didn't uh, write that down. I probably should have, but he was like, 
the the lady from Bleach reported said, I don't think people realize how badly you hurt your eye in that Warriors game. And you remember he had uh, went back and gotten eye drops, came back and like, I think that was, I don't remember if that was his, I believe that was his 47 point per game. I don't know if it was game one or game two, but if it was, I think it was in a win. I may be wrong though, but I'm pretty sure it was game two when he dropped 47 in the win. And he had showed the play of him getting hurt and him going back in the tunnel. Jod got into the story of it, but it just shows the resiliency of him. And after that, it went into, I know I'm just like rambling here, but I just have to talk about it. But it had went into like him going to summer league and how tight he was with Dez and Dylan and all them boys rolling together and him reacting because his cameraman is right next to him when uh Sigu or whatever the hell his name is had that crossover yeah. and they're all going crazy. So it was just so dope to see that. I strongly recommend it. It's what I'm saying at the end of the day, but yeah, it was really good. Anyways, we no, can get dude, into we love the recommendations. questions. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, bro, you're good. But uh, you mentioned DB earlier, another guy that yeah. could have been extended but hasn't been lots of Grizzlies fans were calling for Dylan's head. Me personally, I love Dylan. And we were just talking about Jay Crowder and the culture that he built. Like, I don't give a crap if we're up by 30. I'm still going to shoot this three in the corner. I, I stole the ball. I get to reap the rewards. <laughs> and we mm-hmm. were all with it. Uh, and Dylan's got that dog. Uh, Dylan, Dylan just sometimes has to play hero ball. And I think we got to knock that out of him. But like, I think Dylan is the ultimate Grizz. Um, and I think he bleeds our culture. Yes, um, yes. But, like, I heard him in the trade rumors again today, Jack. So, naturally, I got trade ideas for you. But first off, do you even want to trade Dylan Brooks or are you cool with Dylan Brooks staying? I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of like the most basic fan right now. Like, in the moment, like, I was, like, so for it. Now it's just cooled all the way off. My yeah. my answer is not yes or no. It's for the right person. I, I'm not going to be bent out of shape either way. Man, I love how you said for the right person. I got, a, I got, I think I got six total guys for you. That's good. Um, and you, I'm just going to say, name the guy, and you can say Dylan or you can say the other guy. All okay. right. All, all right. right. First one, this is who I heard him rumored with, so I got to start with him, OG Ananobi from the Toronto Raptors. OG. I, I would tend to agree with you but because uh, I love OG Ananobi. The only thing that scares me about OG is his injury history, um, but I do love OG Ananobi. Um, next guy, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this guy because I had to throw him in there, but Gordon Hayward. Absolutely, Dylan. Dylan. <laughs> I'm with you. I put him in there because I was like, it's a good one to throw in there. I like yeah, it. Yeah, I was like, it's it's an interesting one to think about just because like Gordon Hayward's a good basketball player. Yes. It's just he's made of literal, literal glass so. and he can't stay healthy. And but it so that scares me. And 20 whatever million that he makes is not mm. a fun contract. Exactly. And you you illustrated he's a great basketball player. Like, people don't give him enough credit. If you pay attention to the Hornets at all, like, they are so, so good in playoff contention. Top six seed with him playing. When he – the minute he gets hurt, they fall off an absolute cliff. So, yeah, yeah. Gordon Hayward – I mean, yeah, that was a good one to throw in there, man. Thanks. Um, Jay Crowder, we just got through talking about him. That was a – this is a tough one. I'm, I'm going to go Dylan just because of his shot creation. I think he – I'd rather have him. I tend to agree. If we're trading just straight up Dylan for whoever I, I mentioned, I I personally think 
we would need to get more than just Jay. I love Jay, and we just got through talking about how much we love Jay. But like, Throw Cam Johnson Jay, in there now. We can. We, I'm I'm fine with that. <laughs> give me Cam. That. Give me yeah. Cam. It's a different different story. But I yeah, I love Jay, so I had to throw him in there. But you you hit on him, and so we got to talk about him. So I love that. Uh, mm-hmm. This is this is an interesting guy, solely on the fact that this team is literally just full of just eighteen to twenty four year olds. For sure, um, and so. I got to mention him because I want to hear your thoughts, but Jonathan Isaac with the Orlando magic, he can give you versatility to play Jaron spot um, and the small four, and he can defend his butt off, but injuries definitely something big with him. For the same reason, man, that you just said injuries, I'd much rather have Dylan. And if I had to choose between Isaac and Hayward, I would actually pick Hayward. That's I'm just low on Isaac right now. I think he's great when he's on the floor, but, He's hurt even more than Gordon Hayward is right now, which is crazy. So I'm definitely would go Dylan in that one. Dude, I I would probably agree with you, especially because like Gordon Hayward's at least thirty something. So like that gives him kind of a like I'm all right to be hurt, but you're 24 and you can't. Facts. Your knees killing you. But <laughs> I love I honestly love Jonathan Isaac. I'd probably lean Dylan solely on the injury basis, and Jonathan Isaac makes just a little bit more, I think. But like. Jonathan Isaac is awesome. And, like, I just feel like the Magic, there's such a rut of players that all do the exact same thing. So, I'm like, who are you picking between? Um, and then uh, this guy is kind of uh, – the only reason I put him on here is because he torched the Grizzlies in a playoff game. And I had to go out of Porter. <laughs> yeah, our opinion's a lot higher on him than it should be. <laughs> just because he busts our ass every time. But – um. I'm going Dylan. It, I, I just go right back to shot creation. That's why I've cooled off because Dylan, I feel like I, I'm i leaning towards like not trading him right now just because of that shot creation. We lack that so much. We we need shooting, but he provides good shooting from, from three, but also like he can create his own shot. When Jaws is not in the game, you, you can pass the ball to Dylan. If he gets on a heater, that's a big if. So when he's not yeah. on the heater, he's still going to shoot it. But if he gets on a heater, then I, I love – I mean, the, the shot he makes are just, just just incredible. Facts. And he's literally the definition of a streaky shooter. That's why it's one thing, like, me personally, I'm a streaky shooter, so, like, I tend to lean towards Dylan. Like, and when people hate on him, some games you're going to go one for 15. Mm-hmm. But some games you're going to go literally 20 for 30, and you're like – Exactly. Like, I mean, sometimes you just kind of have to bear with some of those players. But, like, I mean, I love Dylan, and I would agree with you, Otto Porter. If I can just sign Otto Porter and I don't have to give anything up, come on. Excellent. But, like, um, this last guy is probably similar to, in your book to Otto Porter, but I think he's a great 3 guy. Sometimes his shot's just a little iffy. But, like, Robert Covington with the Clippers, because they are they got forwards on forwards on forwards. So, like, <laughs> might as well take one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Repeat it one more time, sorry. Robert Covington with the Clippers. Roco, Roco. Hmm. This is a tough one, too. Um, I, I, I know I'm sounding like a broken record. I'm going to go the same. I'm going Dylan again. I didn't I didn't realize how married I was to him until, until this exercise. <laughs> but, yeah, shot creation again, man. I feel like Roco can't give it to you. And he's – I don't even think he's the defender anymore that Dylan is right now. So, I'm, I'm going to go Dylan Brooks. To be honest with you, I wrote them in an order of which of like I would put them like rank them, and that's oh, kind of I didn't that, say I didn't say I, them necessarily I put them in the same in order. order. Yeah, 
because like OG to me, if I got OG, who's I think a year younger than Dylan, but mm-hmm. I feel like he's the same player as Dylan, just he doesn't shoot it as much. Mm-hmm. And so like that's that's a like one of those things where you're like, do you would you rather the guy that can create a shot and is a streaky shooter or the guy that is just a perfect role player mm-hmm. and he's gonna defend his butt off um and he's gonna make a wide open three. Mm-hmm. Um it's just one of those things like where it's a give and take on those two things, and that's kind of why OG I wasn't upset at the trade idea because I want to say it was oh it was like Dylan in a first or something like that for OG or maybe Brandon was involved and there were players involved. But like mm-hmm. for me personally, I do love OG Ananobi, but like you said, I, I'm I'm married to Dylan. That's kind of why I wanted to do a list of those players to, to see like I mean at the end of the day, if you ask any Grizzlies fan, they love Dylan Brooks in the moment. It's just when he has bad nights, which they were emphasized because we're in the conference semifinals or whatever they're called when they're when they're in that type of atmosphere and they're emphasized you're on tnt and espn every night you're playing the potential champions we didn't know it at the time but like it's emphasized and when jaw goes out you're staring at one player to pick up the slack and that game that that last game he literally kept us in the game (laughs) like people forget that small fact yes he shot us out of two other ones He's the only reason we were in the last game when we got mm-hmm. demolished in the fourth quarter. But, like, I love Dylan, and I'm glad you were on the same page as me because you love Dylan, too. I, I just had to throw it out there because I saw his name pop up in trade rumors again today. No, man, I completely get it. I absolutely love that exercise. Man, you did an incredible job on that. And, yeah, I agree with the order you chose as well. But real quickly, we just have a few minutes left here, but we'll get into our final subject, and that's that's Anthony Edwards here. He was in a, doing an interview for Complex. Shout out Complex. I absolutely love you because, I mean, I won't get into that. That's another day. I absolutely <laughs> love Complex for a very good reason. But uh, do you, he had got asked by the person interviewing him, do you s- still think of your loss to the Grizzlies? And do you feel like y'all gave the series away? Anthony Edwards responded, man, I feel like we handed it to them. It was like taking candy from a baby, and they took the candy. We had every game won, and I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. Cooper, uh, what's your reaction to this? All right. To be fair, he's technically not wrong. They did really blow three of those games. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can tell him exactly what happened. You have three guys on your team that are bald. Mm-hmm. Um, and – you just got rid of the other guys that were actually good role players for your team. (laughs) For Rudy Gobert, who's not going to be playing. Um, Literally, I remember in two of those games, uh, Cat and D'Lo just forgot to throw the ball to him, and it was iso ball. Um, And we mentioned it a few times on the show, that 25-point game that we were watching, the Jitty game that you mentioned earlier on the pod, uh, that boy was on pace for 50. And – Second half, D'Lo and Cat just decided they needed to get to 32. And so they stopped throwing on the ball. And it was like, what are you doing? Um, but, like, uh, he, you didn't take it from us. We kind of went and got it. I mean, Ja took Malik Beasley's soul to get it. So, like, <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. you, you got to say what you got to say to go to sleep at night. But, no, nah, we won that series. <laughs> we took it. Bro, it's so funny you said that he's kind of not wrong. Literally, the first thing I wrote down is like, he's not wrong. It was the <laughs> most stressful series I've ever watched. You know, as Grizzlies fans, we were the most fun, no-pressure team all year. 
But in that series, in that moment, he had all the pressure in the series. Ja wasn't playing well. Pat Bev was locking him up. SA was getting played the hell off the court. We had to start Xavier Tillman, for God's sakes. And at the end of the day, what it comes down to is Tyus Jones, a Minnesota kid, putting the dagger in them in Minneapolis. We earned that series. That's that's Thanks. About it. We did. Uh, we showed that we were a little bit more veteran than them because we, we were down, what, 26 twice in the game? Mm-hmm. And we didn't care. We kept going. We kept chipping away. We kept chipping away. We proved that we weren't as young as they were. Mm-hmm. They were younger than we were. Um, they hadn't been in the moment. We technically hadn't either, but we've been a little bit more in a moment with one series in our under our belt than you have. And we proved that. Yep. We didn't just take it. We took it with flying colors because y'all blew it with flying colors. Dead ass, yeah. You're, ex- <laughs> you're exactly right, man. And I think if you ask John Morant, he'd gritty on the logo the next hundred times we beat him too. And I hope he does. <laughs> so Thanks. on that note, Coop, this is another great Grizz Talk, second edition of the show. We're going to be here every Wednesday just to remind y'all. Uh, if you enjoy this, feel free to leave a like, subscribe. And Cooper, I hope you have a very, very great night, my friend. You too, brother.